Two pastors and Tom walk into a bar, but this is no joke. It's the start of a conversation between three friends about culture, God, beer, and more. So pull up a chair, order a pint, and let's get started. Welcome to the Neighborhood Pub, and welcome to Pine Class Preachers. I'm Tom O'Neill, and joining me are Josh and Gabe. Today, we're going to talk about a duel for the ages, family versus work. We'll delve into the super-Christian word of vocation, and then we're going to pivot to how we lead the perfect work-life balance. That's right. You're going to hear it right here. Yo, 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 yo. Hey, welcome to Pine Glass Preachers. We should talk with a Jamaican accent all night. I yeah, can't man. even do that. I cannot even do that. Well, maybe you should try, brother. Get on that Bob Marley okay. smoke. I, no, all I do is go northern Wisconsin. <laughs> 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 okay, there. They're sort of similar, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's okay, then. Uh, just pick up the phone. Well, hey. That, that's northern Wisconsin. We need to stop right now. Come on. God's people up there, man. God's people. I'm so well, tired of hearing that. I don't know what to tell you. Tom, we ask us the one question that you're responsible for, but seem to always forget. I'm just waiting for you guys to quit your nonsense, get it out of your system, and then I'll ask it. Okay. Hey, man, take a chill pill, man. <laughs> Come on now. All right, seriously. What are we drinking tonight, boys? Gabe Casper. Whoa! Ooh, let me go right, first. Fine, let me go first. Fine, let me go. go first. Only because my wife decided to surprise me. So she picked me up a stone smoked porter bomber, and let me tell you, it's pretty phenomenal. Oh, very nice, very nice. I uh, am am keeping in the cheap beer tradition, but am uh, going uh, cross cultural, and I've got a modelo especial. You're, you're such a Aren't church painter. Well, it's you know modelo is it's kind of you know it's all over Central Texas here, and so uh, I've come to really enjoy it. That's that's super weird. Why would it be all over Central Texas if it's a Mexican? Do you want beer? me to explain that to you, Donald Trump? No. Okay. All right, I'm going to tell you guys right. what no, I'm drinking okay. tonight. <laughs> I'm drinking a gin and tonic, and nothing special about it. Now, for the more clever of you listeners out there, uh, some of you might be thinking, "Oh, a GNT man, that would be a perfect name for the show if you didn't have Josh, because you know Gabe and Tom, and it'd be hilarious and fun." But great idea. I know, right? But here's the thing, guys. I like to think. That when I drink a GNT, that the little and is actually I, I make it a little J because I I, I want to include Josh mm. in it because that's our show. You know that that's fascinating, Tom. Considering I recall a weekend where you and I were drinking GNTs in a Holiday Inn Express Holiday Inn Express uh, lobby while texting Gabe Dude, incessantly. I put my so, Do Not Disturb on so, so quick, and then I woke up the next morning. It was like you have 115 unread messages. <laughs> So maybe it should be G and T, and I'll just change my name. Yeah, to yeah, that 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 was a fun night. I'll tell you what. That would be the easiest. I, thing I suppose. To do. Well, hey, so today, man, as Tom mentioned in the intro, we're talking work-life balance, uh, and so as we were just talking pre-show, uh, we we had some anniversaries this week, both Josh and I, and and it sort of just drew to mind the, uh, I don't know how it works. So let me just tell you tell you this, right? So Melissa and I. Our first year anniversary, our one year anniversary, dude, we took uh, like the weekend off, took like three days off. Uh, we went out to this uh, resort in northern Wisconsin in, in the middle of the woods, and we uh, just hung out, laid low, drank good things, ate good food, went swimming. Like, we, know, we know what you did. Right. And that too. And so Nine months like, later, that's Titus one, right? was born. Right. So now we're year six. 
Uh, and so this was our anniversary for year six is I got up, it was a Sunday, uh, confirmation Sunday. Uh, so I got up at, at six in the morning and worked from six in the morning till eight o'clock at night and then came home, helped put the kids to bed. And then we had uh, our worship director and his wife were gracious enough to sit in our house and watch Game of Thrones while our kids were sleeping. Uh, and we went out to a bar and she drank a decaf coffee, and I drank a beer, and we stared at each other for an hour, and then we came home and went to sleep. That's a year six. Got lost in each we, other's I, eyes? I mean, no, it was more like we tried to keep our eyes open, and we're like, we're doing it. It's anniversary. You got to do something. Um, and then we just went home and fell asleep. I commend your resolve, Gabe. I Thank really you. do. Thank you. But Josh, you also had now, an anniversary? Now, instead of... Yeah, yeah, just uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, our ninth year of marriage, of wedded bliss, and so that I don't embarrass you with our super awesome uh, anniversary celebration day, of which I took the whole day of work off, mind you, let me tell you about one of the saddest things that's ever happened to me in in my entire life, and I promise you it makes sense, sort of, to our conversation tonight. I'm just going to wing it. Uh, That morning, taking the kids to school... And as I usually do, I like bring back, you know, my, I bring my work stuff and I go to, as soon as I drop the kids off at school, my family time, then I go straight to work at too early of an hour in the morning. This morning, driving down our road and guess what happens? What happens? I ran over a baby turtle. Like I've hit a squirrel once and I was devastated (laughs) for a week. I hit this little baby turtle. I heard it pop under my tire. And I almost had to pull over and get out of the car, fall to my knees on the asphalt, and just (laughs) weep because I killed a baby turtle. But it didn't ruin our wedding anniversary plans and or celebration. So I'll leave you with that. Love it. Tom, how about you? Do you have an anniversary story? If I were to... uh... If I were to tell you guys about my uh, about my last anniversary uh, RPG show here, we would have to get rid of that. So let's uh, let's Whoa. just move it on. Whoa, let's move it along. Well, hey, just the mention of that is entirely inappropriate. I'm uncomfortable thinking about it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna move on uh, and we're gonna get into uh, to business. Uh, but before we do that, we're gonna take a quick break. And uh, since today we're we're talking about uh, family life balance, family matters. Uh, Tom, who's our musical guest for this this episode? Well, if we are talking about family family values, we're going to listen to Corn. Hey, oh, J.K. Rowling. Freak out a leash. <laughs> that's exactly how it sounds. No, uh, that's what Jenny calls me every wedding anniversary. <laughs> oh gosh. Get over here, my little freak on oh, a leash. Get over gosh. here. Oh. All right, no, we're going into break, and we are actually listening to a a worship band uh, from Austin, Texas called The Response. I'm sure you guys will dig them. Check it out. Here's a little track from The Response. Hey, again, that was the response. I hope you guys dig them. Feel free to check their stuff out on iTunes or I think they're on Spotify. If not, they should be. Uh, but uh, check them out. Great stuff to, to listen to and, and, and enjoy. Uh, but hey, we are joined now as we kind of get into our discussion of, of work and family balance uh, by Dicker Hoff. Yes, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Jake Dickerhoff. Uh, I've known him uh, actually since he and I were seniors in high school uh, going to check out Concordia University, Wisconsin. Uh, I had a mohawk at the time, and he was wearing a Ramones hoodie, and so we just knew we'd be friends. And so uh, we uh, went to college together, skipped class to play Tony Hawk and eat summer sausage, and uh, and then we went to, to seminary school together. Um, and there's- at which time? At which time? Jake, you didn't know this was happening, but this is the most infamous act of one Jake Dickerhoff. Can I share that story? Hello, by the way. Hi, Jake. 
Good to have you here, buddy. Thank you for having me. Wait, just show that story in a second, Josh. Um, fine, fine. You, it's just too You know, like, we set plans. Gabe's going to do the introduction. And then <laughs> Josh interrupts three seconds into it and <laughs> wants to tell a story that no one's talked about. Uh, you're welcome. Anyways, um, Jake currently uh, lives in uh, the Denver, Colorado area and is uh, serving as super uh, president, uh, pastor extraordinaire, just pastor extraordinaire at uh, Gethsemane, which is the garden Jesus was in before. Also, he's on the ballot for synodical president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, which will be elected in a couple of days. Not a chance. Vote for Dickerhoff. Uh, but Jake, oh, and Jake, and most importantly to our conversation, so like why bring him on here, most importantly to our conversation is Jake has nine kids, nine. And, uh, and so we just uh, wanted to get his perspective on, on what that's like. So Jake, welcome to the show, man. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be here. Thank you. And it's only technically five, by the way. Oh, okay. Five. Te- technically, I'm interested with the technically. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you were confused. Well, technically five. Technically, I have five on feet. Uh, with a with a sixth on the way. So, so, you're, so you're saying your fetus does not have feet? Oh, it's not standing. Well, standing on my wife's feet. Well, so, what if your fetus was swimming? Then wouldn't it be using its feet? I guess it could be standing on its head. That is also true. Good point. Also, we're still three shy here, so never mind. Never mind. We got to move on. Tom, get your smart math out of here. All right. So today we are talking about uh, jobs. We're talking about families. We're tr- talking about how to balance the two. Um, I think all of us have have had that kind of that struggle in life of of how we how we have a job and try to advance in a career versus uh, having a family and being the, the dad, the, the mother, the, the family person that we want to be and how we balance the two. And so, uh, you know, on this show, we have two people. We have uh, both Gabe and Josh who are pastors. And I know the favorite joke out there is that pastors only work on Sunday mornings. And, you know, growing up as, as someone who had a dad as as a pastor, uh, I saw my dad at nightly meetings. I saw my dad working long hours. He was at the office before I got up, and he would come home for dinner and then have to go to a meeting. I uh, knew that my dad would leave at 2.30 in the morning to go on a hospital visit because someone had a heart attack and they wanted their pastor there. And so I know that it's, especially for pastors, extremely difficult to balance uh, work and life at the same time. I, you know, I've, I've, had my career where I've been in uh, as a church worker. I've I've worked in nonprofits. I've worked in in for profit. And so there's there's always that push and pull of climbing the corporate ladder and and what what sacrifices need to be made. And so we you know a lot of times in the Christian world, especially, we talk about the word vocation. And this word vocation is is this word that talks a little bit about about being at work, but also what your calling is. And I think Gabe, Gabe, you have, you want to tell us a little bit more about what that word means and kind of lay that out of what it means scripturally. Did you accidentally spell the word vacation wrong, Tom? Is that what happened? And now we're just making up a word or is that a real world? No, no. Vocation is actually a word that, that Christians use all the time to talk about what they do. And I actually know what the word means. So Wait, really? Christians all the time or just Gene Edward Feith? <laughs> no, it's Christians. Okay, so awesome. So yeah, thanks, Tom. So vocation, man, so it comes from the, the Latin word uh, vocatio, uh, which, which means calling. Nice. And going to the Bahamas. Nice. Right. Uh, and so the, uh, the idea being that like, Every Christian has a calling that that what we do day in day out matters. That the the work that we do matters, and this is work in a pretty broad sense, not necessarily what just what you get paid for, but but work being that which you do uh, in the world. And so, you know, Luther was was really famous for kind of um, proclaiming this theology of vocation and talking about how every believer is, is a priest and sort of. Uh, taking the the sacredness of church and moving it into the world uh, through the work of of God's people, and so he he was kind of famous for saying that that we're all masks of God, that the way God takes care of His creation uh, is through His people, and so he's he's kind of famous for saying uh, that that God milks the cows through the hands of the milkmaid, 
Uh, right? So when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, the reality is God does give us this day our daily bread, but he does it through the work of factory workers and truck drivers and stock boys and cashiers and that sort of thing, and that's how he provides for our needs. And so kind of the, the overarching understanding of vocation is like work is a good thing. What we do is a good thing. Um, but then we say, like, how do we how do we balance that out? Like, how do we ride that tension? And, uh, and for me, I, you know, and you guys can disagree with me on this, but I kind of see these distinctions, like, uh, for for me as a pastor, we'll just go with my work, my profession, okay? So my vocation, my primary vocation, uh, well, my number one calling is is as a child of God and a follower of Jesus, okay? But on earth, if you will, my number one calling is husband to my wife. And then secondly, uh, my number two calling is father to my children. And then thirdly, it's pastor to Acts Church Leander. Can I stop you real quick? Do it. Because I've been hearing that a lot lately, uh, mm-hmm. particularly the first two. You know, my first mm-hmm. calling is as husband. My second calling, vocation, whatever word we want to use, is as father to my children. Where do we get that from? It's not that I necessarily disagree, but I've heard it come up more and more and more. But I don't even know where we actually get that from. So I would say a few things. Like, one, like you can go real root and go order of creation, right? So like what sort of uh, the, the first command that God gives to Adam and Eve in the garden uh, is, is to be fruitful and multiply to fill the earth and subdue it. And, and, and that's also where he outlines marriage, right? That a man will leave his father and mother and, and uh, cleave to his wife and the two will be one flesh. And so right off the bat, you see God's first call to humanity is that husband and wife cling to each other and that they make babies and raise them up in this world. And so I think that's kind of where that's from. But then, let me go New Testament on you. You got Jesus who, like, calls out the Pharisees, right? He says, like, you guys don't take care of your own parents, and you give all your money to the temple, and you say it's Corbin. You say you're doing the right thing, but you got to take care of mom and dad. And so there's kind of that familial ideal. And then you get into the epistles where when, when Paul talks about the qualifications of an overseer, a pastor, he says, this dude's got to be able to take care of his own family. And if he's not, what right does he have to lead God's church? If he can't raise up his own family, how can you expect him to lead God's family? Those are all valid points. However, I think your uh, order of creation is slightly mistaken. That rhymed. Because even before Eve is created, we see that Adam had a vocation, which was to name and call every living creature. Well, yeah, can I jump in? Please. So I, I actually, as I'm listening to you guys, I I actually see vocation as something separate from occupation. Like, in other words, vocation are the things that are non-negotiable. Like, those are the things that you can't change. That's just, it's part of your DNA. It's who you are. Whereas occupation is something that you are doing on a given day. So, so tell me what, tell me what those things are that are that are in our DNA that we're that are non-negotiable. So like the non-negotiables are like the two that it, you know I guess that Gabe mentioned is you know as a father and as a husband those are the two like I can do anything else on the planet but my first commitment is to my family and and I and I'm a firm believer that if my family life falls apart if my marriage breaks down then it doesn't matter a bit what I'm doing in ministry. I mean, I could be doing the coolest things on the planet. I could be, you know, seeing souls saved by the thousand. But if all of a sudden somebody opens their eyes and they're like, wait a second, this guy, his marriage is failing and his kids won't even speak with him. Like, so, vocation. So tell me, tell me how we're living that out, though, when we're working at minimum 8, 10, 12, 14 hours a day. Well, and... How am I being a husband? How am I being a father? Well, in that role, you are supporting your family. So, I mean, like there's the – in some ways, vocation and occupation are separate, but ultimately they are completely conjoined. Like, um, But I choose I, – I can support my family by working a 40-hour work week at Dairy Queen. I could – you know, not very well, but I could. <laughs> That's not true, Tom. Don't make up, don't make up things. No, eating, but, blizzard, eating blizzards for 40 hours a week will not support your family. <laughs> Josh but, has know, tried. I've tried it, and it's it doesn't work. There's a lot of things that I could do 
that would keep me at a minimum of hours. But I choose to work at the job that I work at. And many times I choose to stay later uh, because I, if I get this one more project done, I will get a raise. If I get one, this one more project done or if I stay later, it looks better in the eyes of my boss. If I do this or do that, I will get a better position, which will probably end up meaning me working more hours. And so am I providing for my family monetarily? But how, how does that play into this conversation? Well, well Tom, oh, go ahead, Jay. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Okay. Well, and Tom, I think you bring up an interesting point there because like, how do I put it? Like on the one hand, I mean, I, the one like, hand? I on the one hand, What's, is that not a saying? No, no, no. You said one hands, which is plural, and the first word was one, which is singular. So I'm just it, out it's six one way, way half a dozen the other. Yeah. The the modelo is doing its work. Has anyone ever seen anyone with extra fingers on their hands? No, I've never seen this. Uh, go. Yes. Jake, do you have an extra finger <laughs> yeah, on your hand? I, I, I have not. It hasn't been me. But my my wife. My wife Five has of his eleven finger. kids have extra fingers. No, no, no. My wife, my wife, as a neonatal nurse, will occasionally see babies with extra appendages. Does she just but cut them off? Chop it off? Them stay? No, they kind of just eventually fall off. Which, gosh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. a whole, a whole other story. Yeah, that's wow. My <laughs> beard we'll, we'll, doesn't we'll sound so good anymore. Of the body of Christ talk. Wait, oh, real quick though. <laughs> appendages are like that. Could be anything. I mean, are there? You know. Don't don't Gabe don't. Okay, no. all right, all right. I won't I won't go there. All right, thanks for saving me from myself. <laughs> where, where, vocation. How does okay. that, cool would that be? Vocation. Listen, so Tom, you talk like so. So let me just throw a couple spheres at us because I, I think Tom, you bring up a great point. Because on the one hand, like I always like I get what you're saying, Jake. But let me let me just like break down for you. What day was it? My Tuesday. I had like six appointments with people who like have got just like, just, and I obviously can't go into it, but they just have really hard stuff going on in their life. And they got some crazy things going on and I'm their pastor and I want to shepherd them. I want to care for them. I want to walk alongside them, pray with them, that sort of thing. Um, but, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I, I worked like a 14 hour day on Tuesday because toot, toot. I, you know, I was, I was, I was in and out, like just trying to help people with their lives. And so, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I will not get paid more because I worked a longer day. No one knows that I did that with the exception of the fact that I just talked about it on here. Uh, you know, and so there's no inherently external reward, but that's where I feel like, and that's where I think to me, at least my occupation goes beyond um, like just being a job to pay the bills. Like it really is like a calling. I feel like, that I'm meant to, to be doing this, that God's placed me here to do this. And, and so here's what I would wrestle, what I wrestle with is like, it's kind of maybe easier to see that as a pastor, but then someone says, well, Hey, I work in the corporate world and I'm working the extra hours so I can get the promotion. And someone says, Oh, well, shame on you for doing that. Cause you're ignoring your family. Well, should it not also then be shame on me for missing out on my family? Does that makes sense. Like that to me is yeah, that's yeah. a tension well, I wrestle with. Like, I, I don't know. Well, well and, and I guess, the thing, the thing about occupation, though, man, is that it's it doesn't it doesn't diminish the calling that you have to it. I mean, it. But is that just for a pastor? Or is that for everybody? No, that's, man, that's that, that that's for everybody. That's for Listen, everybody. as being that's a from southerner, the street sweeper people all the say, way. well, in the south, people say they have a calling about everything, and half the time I want to call BS on it. Like the Lord called me to eat this fried chicken this morning. <laughs> Okay. That was by far the most like prejudiced example I could think of. But listen, the South has it coming. They do. They well, we do. I guess I'm one of them. Yeah, no, but for real, like people will be like, you know, the Lord called me to go do this, and I'm like, for real, He did because that doesn't make any sense. So, is there is calling the appropriate word when we talk about vocation? Because at least in some parts of the country, the word call or calling is weighted a bit heavier than in other places. I think we need to get away from a little bit of this rhetoric because we do have three pastors on the line here and we keep talking about this calling and we and we we're talking about working as a pastor. Gabe, you you talked about this. It's like, you know, your job as a pastor has you sharing the gospel, which there's no greater awesome thing than that. And you know, you're working with people on a daily basis to help them through their troubled times, but I think it you are what about 
everyone else who's listening to this that is in the corporate world or is just right. like myself working in a nonprofit. Well, then let's people, then, but, then why don't we transition the conversation? Maybe if we break it down this way, what if we just look at okay, doing what you love or what you have to versus paying the bills. Well, I guess that's paying the bills is doing what you have to. So doing what you love, um, you know, the people who love their careers or say working 40 hours a week at Dairy Queen just to pay the bills. And put food that's on the a terrible example. Let's just keep it at corporate well, you America. Start. <laughs> <laughs> Your fault, Tom. Your fault. I'm sorry. I was using a little hyperbole, and I didn't think you would keep going on it. Hyper hyperbole? Listen, you guys, when when President Sanders is running this country, working at Dairy Queen is going to be as lucrative as working on Wall Street. Yeah, you. The way yeah, got I'm going to get in on the ground floor. <laughs> anyway, so here's a question. All right. Can you do what you love and pay the bills at the same time? Is there a distinction that has to be made? And for most of America, I w do we – like are our careers what we actually want to do, what we love to do that happen to pay the bills as well? Isn't that kind of a joke about the millennials though? I mean like generationally we're – like – we have this entire demographic of people that is willing to effectively get paid less to do what they love. And by we, you don't mean Tom, right? Because he's too old to be a millennial. I have no prejudice. Okay. You should. No, but you the should. other two do. So yeah. 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 But I mean, the, the the thing is, is that whatever we do, we should do it with integrity and we should do it with passion. Well, let me ask you a question about integrity and passion, Jake. Um, and now is the most appropriate time, I think, to bring up the story of the breached Dickerhoff. <laughs> yes. Oh, come yes. on. Yep, yes. it's, it, it had to happen. We, you thought I we forgot. All, we all nope. have our moments. Yep, exactly. <laughs> we yours all have is our going, And now yours is going to be shared, not in the secret dark corners of a bar, but on a virtual pub, to 15 million listeners. The things you divide that, that the by shadows will be brought into the light. A thousand, then it'd be the actual number. No. Okay. Well, we were having a similar discussion like this while we, while Jake, Gabe, and I were at the seminary, and we were riding around in a 15-passenger van around. Uh, I think it was in the Texas region, wasn't it? Oklahoma. Uh, it was Oklahoma. Oklahoma. We're in the middle on like I-40 or whatever in Oklahoma. And we're driving in a bus. We've been with each other in this 15-passenger van. Uh, you know, like. 12 seminarians for three or four straight days. You know, we were finally getting on each other's nerves and everything, and we're having this this conversation about balancing uh, passions, what you love to do for our situation. It was, you know, pastoral ministry and also our families, and Jake is sitting in the very back of this little passenger <laughs> van. Another guy named Josh, not me, was driving said van, and Jake and Josh got into a little skerfuffle, and next thing you know, <laughs> Josh Josh asks uh, a somewhat challenging question to Jake about work family balance. No, can and I say what it was? Nowhere, can I say what it yeah, was? Okay, yeah, yeah. Because here's what it was. Here's what it was. Is that we're in the midst of this <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to throw Jake under the bus too bad. No, oh, but he's going to it. Over it. It's it's happening. So this uh, is why you invited me on tonight. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is, it's important to know what it was about because it, it fits really well. So like we're all, we were all in our final year of seminary and we're all kind of interviewing at a lot of the same churches, uh, figuring out where we're going to go because we're similar type dudes. And uh, at any rate, uh, Jake had been offered uh, an opportunity to plant a church in North St. Louis. And I don't know if you've watched the news in the last five years, but North St. Louis is not like a great part of the country, and uh, and so there was a group interested in having a community pastor. Yeah, and so you know Jake had prayed about it, thought about it, and they, they ended up like saying, no, you know, it's just not going to be right for us right now. That's kind of where they were, and so this is like you understand this is in the background, and then this guy driving the the van at the time, Josh, and, and so it's inner city St. Louis, North St. Louis, inner city St. Louis, rough area. This guy driving the van uh, just goes, well, you know, I think anyone who isn't willing to go into a hard place like an inner city just because they're worried about their family is just a wuss and not really following God. And then the cataclysmic event of 
2011 <sighs> or 2012, whatever year it was, all of a sudden, much to everyone's surprise, Jake Dickerhoff leaps from the very back bench seat <laughs> of a 12-passenger van, breaches three like bench seats in front of him, middle finger flying. Flying. F you, John. <laughs> <laughs> He, like, landed on this guy's lap and then, you know, kind of scrambled to the back seat. And all of us just looked at each other. And there was, there was, was a moment There was a moment of silence as my pride died. <laughs> <laughs> so what was, what was your main beef with what Josh said? Um, well, a lot of it had to do with the fact that we had been in a van for, like, six days together. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Notwithstanding. Yeah, yeah. Josh, Josh and I get along really well, even after this. Um, but it, the the beef was with the fact that here was a guy, by my perspective at the time, that wasn't married, didn't have any kids, and had very little perspective on the kind of balance that we would have to strike, whether it's in ministry or in any any realm of employment. Um, you know, to make sure that our family is well provided for and that that at the time there were a lot of very big questions that were not answered in that circumstance and so we couldn't we couldn't make it just a cut and dry issue. And so that, that makes I, it sound like any anyone who doesn't have a family doesn't know strife or or balance. I mean, I know plenty of single people who oh, have to absolutely no, no doubt, and and that was definitely. I mean, Josh definitely understood that aspect of it, and that's why it really came from me. Um, I joke about my pride dying, but that was definitely. I was way out of line. Um, well, I mean, you literally jumped over two yes. benches in a twelve-passenger well, van. And here, here I thought we were going to get out of the van, and it was just going to be forgotten. And I hear it's reenacted every year they take this trip now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you guys bring it up, you know, five years later. So uh, pretty yeah. much to everyone we meet. Yeah. Yeah. So no, the 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 tension was that when when I think about what I have to do, I also have to take into consideration about the way my wife feels about it. Um, and, and I don't believe that ministry is a sole endeavor. I believe that it is a family investment. And so from that, you know, when I, when Nikki oh, and wait, I, wait, 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 say that again, ministry, I believe that ministry is actually a family investment. And, and I, and I know that we're, we're not trying to harp specifically on ministry, but we're trying to keep it a more broad spectrum. But, um, so single wife, people can't do ministry. No, no, that's not. Man, you guys are twisting my words. No, that's not. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying when you have a family, you can't just think about yourselves. Well, you let, me, let me hold on. Let me ask you a question, Jake, because I know you very well. I I, I don't know you as much as a, uh, or I haven't I haven't known you as long as Gabe, but I but I am a really good friend of yours and Nikki's. So I know you and your wife, and I know aside from this, uh, you know, St. Louis Church situation. I know that you guys have agreed on some things when it comes to ministry philosophies and or approaches, but also disagreed on you know, situations where you're like, hey, look, maybe we should do this, maybe we shouldn't. And so break that down for us because I think that, I think that everyone, not just pastors and their wives, but single people on trying to think of what's next in their, in their life, you know, the career path, their, their life journey, whatever. But, but how is it that if we're talking about doing what you love versus paying the bills, everything we've sort of said is like, do what you love, you know, whether God's called you to it or not, this is sort of what you should do. I mean, what happens when what you want to do, what you love to do, sort of differs with what your spouse or family or friends or whoever says, no, nah, you know what, I'm not so into it, I don't really want to join you on this journey. Because what it sounds like is that, I mean, like I said, I know you, but you take a lot of stock into how Nikki feels and how your family feels about it, but what if it's not that easy? Well, that's just it, is that it's actually not that easy. I mean, we call it the one flesh rule, you know. That sounds personal. Well, well yeah, like but it's like, 
you know, like where the, the two shall be become one flesh. Like that's in all things. That's not just sex. I mean, it, and so whoa, 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 from Lutheran Bible translators that had come to one of our mission classes. And Gabe, I don't know if you were in, you had to be in this class. Um, and he gave this this really inspiring presentation. And, you know, so I went up to him afterwards and I said, so I got this problem. You know, I said, I want to do overseas missions and I really think that's where God is calling me. And I said, I'm engaged to this woman who wants nothing to do with it. She's very, very passionate about being a nurse in a specific field um, and is not interested in in doing any missionary work overseas right now. And he said, do you love her? I said, yeah, I'm going to marry her. He said, well, if she's not called to it, then you're not called to it. And for me, it, it challenged me in terms of how I pursued things going forward. And we had, we've had some stuff in, in our family where we've constantly had to go back to the drawing board and not just rely on what I want to do or what she wants to do, but ultimately upon the doors that God opens for us. Um, she is an amazing, an amazing nurse, and specifically she has a gift for working with the smallest of the small babies. Um, she works on a level four NICU. She's actually gone back to school to be a neonatal nurse practitioner. And so at some point, you know, after carrying me through seminary financially and she worked uh, while we were in St. Louis so I could go to school full time, you know, when I had the opportunity to ask her, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And the opportunity availed itself for her to go back to school instead of me. Um, I was excited, man. But that meant that I had to I had to re-examine what was important to me. Was I worried about being in a call and pursuing a call, or was I willing to set that aside for the time being so that my wife could pursue her passion and her dream of being this neonatal nurse practitioner that's going to save all kinds of baby lives? Um, and that and that's why I separate out vocation and occupation because. Um, for me, I'm a pastor. That's in my DNA. That's part of the call. It's what we're yoked with in our ordination. But at the same time, I also have the privilege of being the husband to an amazing woman. And for my daughters, it's important for them to see my wife pursue a passion and to see me as her husband and their father support her in doing that. And so that meant that we stay put for now. Um, until she's done with school in like six months to a year. So, well, I mean, so Jake, before you start crying, um, like, <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> Nikki, if you're, Nikki, if you're listening, you're going to be making a ton of babies after all. That. I don't know to say, um, baby number seven on the way. Sarah no. Baker's clapping. <laughs> oh, oh, dude. Shots fired. Shots fired. I have um, no idea who that is. We did don't worry episode. about it. Yeah, don't worry. It's fine. It's fine. Anyways, uh, yeah, so before we start crying, Jake, um, like, I get it, and that sounds nice, but what do you do if someone's just like, bro, you're the, like, you're a dude. Do your job. You're a pastor. Do that at the best you can, at the biggest level you can, and make it happen. What do you say to that? To what end? I mean, if I, see... If I force the issue, then what do I gain and who do I benefit and who am I really serving? Well, you could I mean, be serving a lot of people. Like what if – I mean like, you know, so like is it not possible for you to just like crush it as a pastor, be impacting thousands of people and have a healthy family and your wife do everything that, that she wants to do? Is that not – a possibility, no. right? No, no, no. That's definitely a possibility, but that's not one that I pursue. In other words, like, if that's going to happen, it's going to pursue me. So, if if I am going to be in ministry, then 
it's because God wants me to be. It's because He's opened the doors. And in the, like, and I, I know that sounds all nice and flowery. Before I start to cry, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like when when we moved out here, like we moved out here, neither one of us had jobs. Um, Did you guys move so, out to Colorado just so you could smoke weed? No, but I am drinking um, slope style winter IPA from Boulder Beer, since it is. Pine glass does, preachers. Does that have weed in it? Does it have weed in it? Yeah. No, no, it doesn't. Oh. Might make your conversation a little bit smoother if it did. Um, but um, when we moved out here, neither one of us had jobs, and so I was applying everywhere. And the, honest to God, the only places I was getting calls from was churches. And at the same time, she had applied at a couple hospitals out here, and she got an amazing position with a children's hospital here in Denver. And so we knew we weren't going anywhere for a while, and I was trying to find a grad school, and it just it worked out better for her to go. But um, in that, like, all the doors that were closed, the ones that were open time and time again, were the ones that God had intended me to be in in the first place. Um, so I don't, I mean, yeah, it's great. I want to serve I'm a mega church, and, you know, whatever someday. Like, that's awesome. And, and I applaud the guys that do, but I also, that's not my goal. My goal is to be faithful. Um, and I know that's your goal too. Like, and, and God, God blesses us each in different ways and capacities. Um, but if I'm in ministry, it's because God has placed me there and not because I've pursued it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna move us away from from ministry talk and try to do that. We we were talking about vocation and and what it means like that every job matters that that God has called us to specific places to to do specific things, and uh, and so let me just tell you a story. This happened literally yesterday. I was talking with a friend about this. So um, her and I are talking right now. She's working for a florist, and uh, she, she's actually she's not a Christian. Um, but but I was just kind of explaining vocation to her, and it's like, yeah, hey, this is kind of how we view things. And I said, so I look at your work right now, and I said, like, what you do as a florist is a good thing. Like, you 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 put together, you know, arrangements, and it provides beauty for people, and especially in big moments, like on their wedding days, that sort of thing. Like, you're you're providing beauty for people, which is awesome. You're serving your neighbor. You're, you're loving people through your work. Um, and she's like, yeah, that's cool. That sounds good. But then she, she made a really great point. She's like, but it's not, that's not always the case. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she said, you know, she's like, literally just this week, Gabe, I just did like a $4,000 floral arrangement, $4,000 floral arrangement for a 23-year-old woman girl's birthday. She's like, that's the stupidest thing in the entire world. Why am I supporting someone spending $4,000 on flowers in this world for their birthday? Because it pays the bills. Right. But, you know, that like her and I like walk through that pays her bills. Sure. But is that is that a good thing to to even do to perpetuate that sort of um, extravagance? Is that is that it? Is that a is that actually a good thing? Does that actually qualify? Well, I mean, it's your definition of what a good thing is, because, OK, look at um, I mean, I hate to make this stupid blanket generalization, but look at corporate America. All right, you got people on Wall Street who are making a hundred thousand times that much. Is that really doing anything good? Like, yeah, on some levels it is probably, but right. in the same way as talking to the floor, it's like, should we support that? But then what you're doing is you're making these judgment calls on what we should or should not support depending on one's vocation. Her vocation is florist, so. To pay the bills, you got to do some dumb stuff. Like, even as a pastor, we do dumb stuff sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, not everything is sappy, make you want to cry, you know, heartfelt, you know, ministry. It's not. And so when you look at the floor, it's like, yeah. But she was still able to create a beautiful floral arrangement. And if we really look at Luther's theology of vocation, then what we're going to say is if she was able to make the most killer, beautiful, caring floral, floral arrangement, then she fulfilled her calling as florist and we can just leave it at that can't we i think so i mean you should see the floral arrangements that i make oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> I mean, yeah, I but, we want to jake 
I don't want to imagine Dicker off with like wildflowers tucked behind his ear. People would pay me four thousand dollars not to make them flowers. I mean, like, (laughs) (laughs) but like, I mean, so yeah, she's she's doing this menial task to her. But what an incredible gift! I don't have that gift. I don't have that eye. I can't do what Josh does with graphic design. Can't do what Gabe does with his hair. You know, people can. Few people can. So, Tom. You may remember we're uh, trying to record a show, and you have this thing where you die for about 20 minutes on episodes where you don't want to say anything. Uh, do you want to say anything or just keep taking a nap? No, I'm totally good with this. Uh, no, I, you know, we kind of got away from the topic of whatever we do. That I, I think we've established at this point that that what we do is to the glory of God, whether we're a Christian or not, really. I mean, we're, we do what we do. Uh, a lot of us are good at what we do. Some of us are doing jobs just to pay the bills. And I think we can agree that, that God can use that, God can glorify that. But I want to go back to when we say that we're husband first and dad first or, or mom first or whatever, but we spend literally 90% of our time at work, are we really fulfilling that calling? And, and, and can we simply brush it, brush it under the carpet as well, we're providing. So, okay. I mean, I would almost say it's like a cultural thing, you know, Oh, Hey, working longer hours is sort of the norm these days. But if you think about it, like if you get back to farmers, you know, a couple hundred years ago, I mean, to farm the land, you had to be up, you know, with the sun, and you were working the land until the sun went down. So I think this is an age-old question to be asked, but I wonder if the difference is that familial expectations were different then as they are now. Like, when you're working the, you know, tilling the soil, all that kind of stuff, like, you had a bunch of kids like Dickerhoff so that you could have a bunch of laborers to work the field. You know what I mean? But now, it's sort of like people are having children later. uh, They're you know, um, spending more time at work, and so has the just the basic interrelationship of the family unit changed? I think is a, is the question that I would have. Not necessarily, you know, are we being bad parents or whatever? Well, no, I mean, the, the no, no, no. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's it. I think if I work harder, if I work more, if I do all things to to the exclusion of my family and I get a better job, and I get a huge promotion, well, now I can send my kids to to private school. Look at me. I'm being a better dad. They don't know my first name, but I'm being a better dad. I get another promotion. I can take them to Hawaii. I get another promotion. I can do this and this and this and this. So am I being a good dad? Am I am I doing my vocation of being a dad or a fa- or a husband? Because I'm be, I'm being able to provide at a at a greater level. I'm able to give them different experiences. Or am I doing a better better job of having that vocation by right. saying, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna let the let the foot off the pedal here. I'm gonna I'm gonna find a job that's 40 hours that pays a decent wage. We can eat. We can pay for our home, and I can play catch with them every afternoon from 4:30 to 6:30. And where that what does that job exist exactly? Yeah, I don't know. Not, not Dairy Queen. <laughs> well, I mean, that's something that I think that the question here is whether or not you wrestle with it to begin with. I mean, when we stop wrestling with the balance and we stop actually questioning and we just try and kill that little voice that says maybe, maybe this isn't worth it, then maybe that's where the problem really begins. Maybe we stop asking the question too soon. I mean, the, the, the newest Pew Research study that they've been talking about on NPR is that one-third of millennials are living at home with their parents. Well, Aren't you living at home with your parents? Yes. <laughs> and he's a millennial, Tom. Five kids. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and for a number of reasons. But... Um, and, the, and it's the first time they've seen this, supposedly, since they started doing the the uh, census in 1880. So, I mean, like, there's there's a different dynamic because they've also shown that the wages have 
with accounting for inflation have also dropped by a third. Like the living expenses are not supported by what we do during the day. So we have to be creative in how we are able to support ourselves in other ways. Um, you know, so yeah, it's the temptation is always there. It's always there to to pursue a, a higher position or to to go for bigger bucks or you know whatever the whatever the. But see, I think that's the thing though. Like, be. that's not a temptation, right? Like, isn't that like? I mean, temptation frames it negatively. Is it not just an opportunity? Like, no, I am. We, I'm actually framing it negatively. I mean, I, I see the benefit of it. I see the I see the the privilege that comes with it, but I also see the fact that like and this is a choice that I've made and I don't expect everybody to make that, but like I'm not I mean we see the best and the worst of ourselves and our kids, and there's definitely things I wish I could change in my parenting and in my relationship with my wife, but the one thing that I don't want them to grow up thinking is my dad was never there, you know. But what if they have a deep respect for their dad who was able to provide – and I'm not talking excessive opportunities like Tom decided to bring up, this extreme example of you know, some ritzy private school or something like that. But you know, sometimes I think to myself, I, I know I put in too many hours on most weeks, and you know, even tonight, like we're sitting down and we're going to watch BattleBots, and it was the first time I'd sat down all day, so I was just scrolling through my Twitter feed, and my middle son, Augie, goes – Dad, you're not watching BattleBots. You're on your phone again. You know, and I didn't even realize it. And he pretty much shamed me in front of the entire family. And so <laughs> I put my phone in my pocket. However, you know, yesterday when Jane and I were out celebrating our anniversary, she goes, you know, hey, I really want to thank you for everything you do for our family. Even mm -hmm. though we've had arguments, we've had discussions, we've had disagreements over needing to slow down or not work as many hours. But at the same time, I wonder if – there's a way to say, you know what, yeah, I've, I've got to bust my butt sometimes working extra hours for a period of time or maybe for my whole life. And in the yeah. end, it yeah. it almost engenders or fosters a greater respect and appreciation from and work ethic, you know, perhaps, I don't know, in, in my kids so that they don't say, I didn't know my dad, but rather, you know what, what a good example my dad set for me on how to care for, yep. you know, a family. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, just to be on here with you guys tonight, like, I got home from work at quarter after five, we ate dinner, I sat with my son who's under the weather, and I ate dinner with my family for 15 minutes, and then jumped on this with you guys, so my wife could put the kids to bed. So we're wrecking your family unit right now? Is that what you're no. trying to say? Yeah. No, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say. Are you lunging across bench seats in a virtual <laughs> right now? Is that His what's middle happening? finger is up again, again. No. Um. Yeah. Nice. But I mean, it's always a battle, man. Like, and I think that you're talking about for periods of time. Like, you're not talking about that all the time. I think that what I'm hearing from Tom is that he's talking about like all the time. Like, if that is your lifestyle, if you work 80 hours a week, you know, or something stupid like that, and your kids don't know your name, you know, like, is that really, if they, if they only know you as dad, or they only, you know, like, they only see you in passing, you know, like, are you okay with that? Like, and I guess for me, the way that, that I would challenge you to think about that is, Someday when they have kids, what do you want for them? What do you want for your grandkids? What do you want for your kids and your grandkids, Tom? What do you want exactly? Yeah, Tom, what do you want for your kids? Because you've got one foot in the grave, so you, you need to be thinking about this. Greedy capitalist, what is it you want? We know Tom's not voting for Bernie. <laughs> oh, he already actually, said he said No, actually, that is very true. He said a couple episodes ago he was going to vote for Donald Trump. He wants to drive our country into the ground. I do. I really do. Um, I don't know. I've, I, I've heard some interesting things here. I've, I've heard some people knocking 80-hour weeks here. Uh, you know, this, you know, Josh, you mentioned a cra this crazy example of, of private school. I, I guess I see that every single day with people that I know. That That's it, because you're the 1%, Tom. The rest of us are the 99, and you're the 1%. Yeah, mm -hmm. Far from it, but I think 
I, I think it's this idea of of what's what is providing for your family, what is providing for your loved ones. Is it working 80 hours a week to earn more money to give them opportunity, to give them uh, different experiences to the exclusion of other things? Or is it or is it striking a balance saying, you know what, I'm gonna we're gonna endure certain hardships so that I can be around more. Yeah. And are we are are we prepared to judge that here on this on this episode? Well and can I and and I and I am not. And I would also want, I want to throw this out there too. There is this temptation to make an idol out of family, right? Like and to say like everything has to be done towards that end. And that's not exactly true. Like, do I think that's primary? Sure. But it's not everything. And let me also add, like, work is is fulfilling, right? Like, if you enjoy your work. Now, I know it's not for everyone, but, like, I think of myself. Like, I love my job. I love what I get to do. Like, I really do. And and I'm happy to get up and do it every day. And then, but it's, it's great that I get paid for it. You know, awesome. But then on top of it, I think of something like this. Like, literally, what we're doing right now, recording this podcast, like, we like doing it. Okay, but I didn't get to put Titus to bed tonight because I hopped on here with y'all. Um, but I like doing it, and if we're honest, we also want to turn a profit on this, which, by the way, let me encourage you to be a regular <laughs> good listener. Uh, and, shameless. Uh, and shameless, utterly shameless. And it's a few bucks each month, if you would. Uh, we would love it. Um, help us get our work-life balance in order. Help uh, us help you spend mm-hmm. your money. Mm-hmm. So uh, just two bucks a month, and you can feed little Augie Woodrow. Uh, so at any rate, um, but but we do it. Why do we do it? Like we're literally we're we're doing what we're talking about right now. Or we're taking time away from our family to do what is work for us in a sense. Like it's pleasurable. We like it, but we do want to turn a profit on it. Um, is that bad? Should we not be doing this right now? No, man, I think if you're going to do it, do it well. And everybody should support you in doing it. Everyone? Everyone. I think <laughs> I think that is a perfect segue. Everyone should support what we're doing. So I think we need to segue out of this conversation. We're going to go to break. We are going to hear a little bit more of Corn or Gabe, who are we actually listening to? The response. The response. And so enjoy a little bit more of the response. Uh, we're gonna come back and we'll we'll wrap this up. So, here we go. There's a battle in my mind. It ages every time I turn fool. I choose the gods of lesser things. Believe in every lie instead of truth. Hey, welcome back. That was the response. What is the appropriate response while listening to a band called The Response? I'll let you decide. But for now, we're going to have some shout-outs to our usual churches and organizations, starting with Axe Leander in Leander, Texas. If you'd like to visit a place that strikes the perfect life-work balance and also embodies the quintessential Texas suburb, then go visit. Leander, Texas. But if you just want to do it virtually, then axechurchlander.org is the place to be. Come. Yep. Oh, okay. You just, that was, broke my flow, and now I'm going to have to get back into this. Which is a kind of ironic, not really, because Bridge City Community is just pure chaos with very little life-work balance, and we have very few nuclear families. So, might want to take a pass on that one for this week. And finally, Tom, you have no life. But you do have a new job, so huzzah! Huzzah! Is that what they say in Harry Potter? Not sure. That's what they say in the 1700s. Whatever. Anyway, thank you to Dickerhoff and his gaggle of geese, plus an extra one on the way for joining us for our episode this evening on the wonderfully exciting topic of like life-work balance. Thanks for having me. Great to have you, Jake. Thanks for being here, man. Uh, final thing, man, we're so grateful for all our listeners, those of you that support us and um, regularly subscribe to this show. I want to encourage you to do that. Please 
uh, invite your friends to listen to us uh, if you think this is is worth it at all, and and we, we would greatly appreciate that. And if you're interested in supporting us at all, go to our website, pintglasspreachers.com, and all the things you need will be there. Uh, and so we're going to close up here, and so it is time for Last Call! Next week on Pint Glass Preachers, we're going to talk about being spiritual but not religious. In the words of Daniel Tosh, when someone says that to me, I like to say, I'm not honest, but you're interesting. Uh, so we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about that, going to bring in a, a great guest to join us, and, uh, and we can't wait for it. If you've got any comments, questions, concerns, uh, feedback at all, let us know. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want. We'd love to hear from you and, uh, and continue to, uh, to just kind of share this conversation with you the good listener. Uh, so thanks so much for being here. Uh, we, we love being able to do this with y'all. Have a great week.